0: good how are you good, good how are you good, good. <laughs> i'm good are you good <laughs> <laughs> hi guys welcome we're good we're good um sorry i was putting lotion on uh i don't know why i wait until we play the intro to do this but whatever um hi welcome to history of a haunting that is laura ackerman and
1: that is carrie hopper a well lotion to
0: la la. i did it again you. sorry um yes welcome to uh, I'm excited for this one Laura this is the this is part one of our three part series on hH Holmes and um this is gonna be the Laura show guys she of uh, the two of us she is more well versed uh with the story of H.H. H. Holmes. And um, we did a really fabulous interview with Jeff Mudgett, the great-great-grandson of H.H. H. Holmes. Um, so fabulous that it actually is being split into two parts, his interview. So for the next three weeks, we're going to be living in Chicago and um, possibly London, uh, Texas. Uh, was it Connecticut or New Hampshire? Or, I don't know. He New was Hampshire. Out, New Hampshire. He was everywhere. Indiana. Yeah. Indiana. Yes. So, um, yeah, today uh, Laura is going to tell us all the things about America's first serial killer, H.H. H. Holmes. Uh, but before that, we do, as always, we have EVPs, guys. And the main EVP that we want to tell you is while you're listening to this, we will be here. It's finally here. Parasycon yes, 4. Sir. Yes, so we will be here. Yeah, um, woof, good God. I never thought this day would come. Um, so yeah, while you guys are listening to this crazy story, uh, Laura and I will be hugging that fat man right there. I hope they have him again this year. Me too. Right? Won't that be so cool? <laughs> um, so yeah, guys, welcome um, to... Oh, goodness gracious, Humphrey. Uh, Welcome to our three-part series on H.H. Holmes. This is part one. And um, yeah, this is all all Laura all the
1: time. So if you're ready, miss, what are your sources? So my sources for today are allthatisinteresting.com, cps.edu, investigationdiscovery.com, and news... (laughs) dash press.com. <laughs> also, right <laughs> also, uh, I,
0: sorry, I totally cut off mm-hmm. all that's interesting.com. All right. That's okay. Hang on, one second. Sure. No problem.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: all right.
1: Thank you. Yes. But, all that's interesting.com did get cut off on the little thing, but yeah, sorry.
0: Nice. I just kind of copied and you know, it was a thing. I. No problem. I I have no brain left also guys for the folks listening on audio sorry I don't think we even said anything about who the fat guy was um is the stay puff marshmallow marshmallow man (laughs) stay puff marshmallow man they had out in front of Mansfield last year so Laura and I are hoping to that they will he will be back this year so I as we paused I and you were taking care of Humphrey I was like oh I I didn't bother explaining what we were talking about to the you know audio listeners so
1: sorry guys Um, my dad waits. My dad, my dog waits until he's heard the podcast to extort me for treats. Oh, so yeah. Well, and then he goes and stands by his treat thing as he's kind of doing again, and is like, "If you want me to be quiet."
0: I yeah, mean, you call God, him dumb so dumb, but that sounds like he's pretty fucking smart. <laughs> he's super smart, but he's bad. They're all bad. <laughs> They're all bad, but we love them.
1: All right, let's all right, talk about so, a creepy dude. All right, let's do it. The creepiest dude, for real. Okay. (sighs) So much. There's so much to cover. I'm going to kind of gloss over some of it because otherwise, I mean, it's like a book's worth of shit that this guy has done. So we have to kind of pick our focuses, all right? Okay. So um, Herman Webster Mudgett, a.k.a. Dr. Henry Howard Holmes. Oh, is that what the HH... I I didn't even know what the HH stood for. Yeah. Is one of America's first noted serial murderers um he killed at least 27 women during the 1893 world columbian exposition also known as the World's fair in chicago how how many women 27 okay that's what i thought you said jesus christ (laughs) well they think it's a lot more than that probably but and then some people try to say it's less but it seems like there's more (laughs) there's always more um so in addition to murder, Holmes enjoyed performing extreme forms of torture and mutilation on those he lured into traps. He is perhaps best known for what would later be dubbed the Murder Castle, a two-story maze designed by Holmes with numerous trap doors, hidden passages, and torture chambers. Let's have a little looky-loo at that beautiful building. It is yeah, very unassuming from the outside. And mm-hmm. just a big It's just a big three-story building with shops on the bottom and of apartments and stuff, living quarters up on top. Oh, is that what that top part is? Uh huh. God damn. We'll put all these pictures
0: on our social That's media up. too, guys.
1: Yeah. So on May sixteenth, eighteen sixty-one, H.H. Holmes, um, he was born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire. Gilmanton was a small, isolated town located twenty miles north of Concord. Uh, some right. sources claim that Holmes was born in eighteen sixty, but Holmes himself stated that he was in fact born in eighteen sixty-one. So don't believe the lies. Because serial um, <laughs> killers never lie. Right. No, they're totally honest. Um, Holmes' parents were devout Methodists and demanded total obedience from him. Uh, prior to marriage, his mother was a schoolteacher. Uh, she was described as a cold and distant individual. He used religion as a daily guide for parenting.
0: Hmm. That's... <laughs> now it all, they all start, right? I'm looking right. at
1: you, Ed Gein. <laughs> Right? Yeah, this is actually... It, it like it kind of the family dynamic in his childhood kind of follows that Ed Gein thing, not to the creepy point, but it, it gets there. So his alcoholic father followed a strict disciplinarian approach that resulted in physical abuse. So Holmes's parents were both physically and mentally abusive towards him. And this was particularly true of his father. The harsh disciplinary tactics include prolonged isolation and even food deprivation. Uh, furthermore, his father reportedly held kerosene soaked rags over Holmes and the other children's mouths to quiet them when they cried. During oh, these, that's fuck. en- nah, pretty fucked up. So during these instances of abuse by his father, Holmes found refuge in the forest near his home.
0: Oh, it fuck.
1: was in the forest that Holmes, who was known as a very intelligent loner was, who was so traumatized by the abuse that it ultimately led to his inability to form meaningful relationships. Um, but in the forest, sorry, I skipped the part. He began dissecting animals and developing his deviant fascination in things both dead and alive.
0: Oh, fuck. That sounds just like Jeffrey Dahmer.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of like big red flags, <laughs> big red serial killer flags. <laughs> Holy crap. Okay. All right. So um, this is kind of an interesting fact. Um, serial killers are six times more likely to have experienced physical abuse in their childhood than the average population pretty high. That is pretty high. Yeah. However, Holmes's parents weren't the only contributing factor in his abusive upbringing. Um, as a child, Holmes was bullied and abused in school for his good grades in slightly odd demeanor. Uh, the most noted of these experiences occurred when Holmes, blindsided by classmates, was forced into a doctor's office where the hands of a skeleton were forcibly placed over his face.
0: Whoa. Mm -hmm.
1: Holmes later recollected that this event was a reason for his curiosity about anatomy which later led him to pursue a degree at the University of Michigan Medical School in 1884 Bullies suck and this is what fucking happens (laughs) (laughs) Right Don't bully kids
0: Oh um, god
1: <laughs> Holmes's urges to experiment with animals Failed to subside throughout his youth um, He found woodland creatures near his childhood home And performed dissections on them In order to explore their biology Initially dissecting reptiles He later moved on to mammals Such as rabbits and dogs Yeah, yeah. This not only provided Holmes with flesh cutting skills At a young age But also acted as a psychological facilitator For his later obsession with human anatomy Uh, Furthermore, advancements in medicine garnered much public attention to the point that skeletons were frequently displayed in doctors' offices' windows. In their windows? Uh, Yeah, for Holmes, it's kind of weird, but I mean, it was like a thing, right? I guess Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, for Holmes, accessing medical information was relatively easy. In fact, Holmes' morbid curiosity may have led him to killing his childhood friend at the age of 11, disguising it as an accident. Yeah, so Holmes, although a reclusive individual, had an older friend named Tom, and while exploring an abandoned home together, Holmes recalls witnessing Tom die by falling off a landing. However, there is speculation that Holmes was standing close enough behind Tom that, me, that he might have, like, pushed him, right? <laughs> Helped um, him off that landing. <laughs> uh, and it's also talked about, he had some, co- like, younger cousins that drowned around that time, and people wonder if it's accidental or not. Yeah. his younger cousins. Yeah, yeah. So that's also speculated that he might've started killing pretty young. Jesus, 11 buck. Right? Um, In 1878, towards the end of his teenage years, Holmes married Clara Levering of Alton, New Hampshire. Clara was the daughter of a wealthy local farmer. Um, And fortunately for Clara, this marriage may have simply been a means of financial gain for Holmes. Uh, A year later, after graduating early from the first superior public school system, which means high school. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: okay. I thought that was he like Cla- the name of the school system. Right? Secure. It was just,
1: it was amazing. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> so he left Clara and enrolled at the University of Michigan Medical School in Ann Arbor. Um, Holmes used Anna's money to pay his tuition. Uh, the tactic of swindling women out of their fortunes later became a favorite tactic for Holmes. Um, he was, at one point he had three Wives in three different cities. The women knew nothing about one another.
0: Jesus Christ. Okay. Question, right. really quick. So okay. this is when
1: this is when he's he's Herman Mudgett, right? Yeah, yeah. And, so he's still Mudgett. He married Clara, and then he goes to school. So then, is Clara?
0: Did he have children with Clara? Yes. And this That's is funny. this is where Jeff is descended from this marriage to her. Yes, I believe so. Okay. Okay. All right. Sorry. Go on.
1: That's okay. Holmes was very charming, handsome, and persuasive in convincing women to take out life insurance policies naming him as the beneficiary. Don't ever fucking do that. With each mistress... (laughs) Listen, call me
0: if you need a life insurance policy on your husband or wife.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) Okay, so with each mistress, he concocted elaborate stories to explain why they left him. Uh, In medical school, he began to personally procure cadavers, um, to study, dissect, and use in his own research. He also began robbing bra- great graves and morgues and sold the cadavers to medical schools or utilized them to swindle insurance companies.
0: No, very Holmes- Burke and
1: Hare. Yeah. yeah. Holmes conned to insurance companies by creating pseudonyms for himself, then naming himself as the beneficiary of a life insurance policy he took out on a fictitious individual. So to complete his ruse, he used a cadaver that had been disfigured to render it unrecognizable. Oh, okay. So working in Holmes' favor was his attractiveness and mysteriousness. Um, On the surface, he appeared genuine and caring, uh, but beneath the facade was a manipulative and fraudulent businessman who used his intellect and charm to promote his calculated scams. So during this time, Holmes ignored his wife and son, but it was not until he received nearly $12,500 on a single life insurance scam that he abandoned them completely.
0: How much is that today?
1: I don't know, but I would guess a fucking lot. It's a, so, it's a
0: lot, guys. <laughs> a lot. Leave your family a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let, let say me add a up. zero. But Holmes graduated from medical school in 1884 and received his MD. Okay. He went on to use his new title to create his lasting alias of Doctor Henry Howard Holmes. Being a doctor was the perfect facade for him, as it gave him access to um, the access tools and resources he needed to continue killing. How much is it? It is. Hang on, let's see. Let's see. Start. Oh, here. Kind of Did you say Spencer? 1884. Hmm. Twelve thousand five hundred.
0: today. Yeah. That's That's a a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of fucking money. I don't know if I would leave my family for that, but, you know. Whatevs. Listen.
1: (laughs) It was better for them in the long run, really. I mean, kind of. (laughs) It was the kindest thing he could have done. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) So AJ H. H. Holmes uh, first came to Chicago in 1886 uh, leaving behind more than one previous life. Um, so he had obviously a good reason that he had to change his name. Good god. Ah.
0: I'm like ah. <laughs> uh, I thought you were re- I was like, are you reading a sad part now? <laughs> are you going to share with the class? I mean, kind
1: of. Are you going to so, share with the class? Some of the previous things that kind of also happened was that he was the last person to have been seen with a missing little boy in New York. Um, and he oh worked as a pharmacist in Philadelphia, and a customer died after taking his pills. So he has you know he's kind of non-stop workaholic all the time right
0: take a vacation <laughs> now and then buddy <laughs> kind of jack of all trades too
1: mm-hmm. all right so let's talk about the fair mm-hmm. let's set the scene here so in um the 1893 chicago world's fair exposition highlighted some of the modern marvels of the time including the fer- ferris wheel mm. dishwasher and fluorescent light bulbs really i didn't know that <laughs> wow all right yeah, <laughs> So the fairground spanned 600 acres, had over 200 buildings, and it was reported that 26 million visitors attended in just six months.: Damn. That's a ton of fucking people. Actually, it's just millions.: How many
0: people um, is that in today's people?:
1: <laughs> Today's people, it's a billion. Yeah. Um, this environment was a playground for Holmes's new creation, the castle which he created in great detail and complete secrecy, a perfect setting to lure his victims. So during construction, Holmes was aware that the employees of the fair employed less than two weeks were not entitled to pay. So, so this is what they think he was doing. So he fired people, you know, that had that were like had got to about their two weeks. So we didn't have to pay them. The ones that he didn't kill. <laughs> he may have also killed people to avoid paying them builders oh shit um, yeah so another reason for his actions um was also right to keep the knowledge of the castles layout a secret um okay so be- they they couldn't be like oh i built that i know exactly how it." Mm-hmm. where so he this. switched
0: <laughs> humphrey does not like this story ladies and gentlemen he is not happy um and she's having to wrangle him so Good grief. This dude. All right. Are we good? I think okay. we're all I was like, do I need to. As
1: soon as I start talking, why do you need to contribute? Oh.
0: Go. God, guys. We'll be right back in two seconds. Sorry. <laughs> okay.
1: okay. So, yeah. So he designed the entire castle and then, so, didn't want to pay people. He would kill them or fire them, and then get new workers. And um, so we kept it all a secret. And also, he's a cheap bastard. Do so, we want to see the layout
0: of the of the castle? I do. Okay, here we go.
1: So that's the second floor, which I will talk about more. Um, okay. But there are like trap doors, hidden rooms, etc.
0: Holy secret hiding place bathroom. How? So when was, when was this drawn up? After it was discovered. Oh, after, oh, (laughs) shit. Secret chamber, five, five door room. So it was kind of like Winchester Mystery House, but way more fucked.
1: Yeah, but with like secret passageways um, and places like he could drop bodies down to the basement.
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ. Oh, here yeah. there it is. Shoot from roof to basement. <laughs> so, so fucking handy. Bathroom with uh, hidden stick. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: All right. All right. So the castle became an elaborate scheme to fulfill Holmes's dark desires, uh, while also allowing him to make an income selling the skeletons of his victims to medical schools. It's very entrepreneurial. Listen. Um, so... Yeah, when he was constructing the castle, he used complex architecture and a series of intuitive designs to suit his preference. Um, so inside the castle, Holmes built an operating room, a torture chamber, a mortuary, and a room for conducting human experiments. God damn. The castle's guest rooms were built, quote, in maze-like fashion, incorporating corridors leading nowhere, with concealed passages behind walls, sliding panels, secret staircases, peepholes into the rooms through the backs of pictures. That's some fucking Scooby-Doo shit. <laughs> now
0: and we know where doors. they got it.
1: <laughs> right? Seriously, <laughs> but they probably it And trapdoor. I'll never, like, see that the same. And trapdoors concealing metal chutes that connected with the elaborately designed basement.
0: Okay, we gotta see this picture again. Let's see. Yeah, know. so if you, you guys are watching this on TV, it's probably easier to see, but... Okay, the maze, we've got hallway, <coughs> the hanging secret chamber, trap door from third floor laboratories, Jesus. Sealed room with the hang Okay, guy read that to trap door from third floor bathroom with hidden stairs to basement, the blind room. What the fuck is that? I don't know. Mysterious closed room. Okay. This is obviously now he was calling these rooms.
1: Right. This those is, weren't his name. These this are my like mysterious. Found. Res- this is just a sketch. So, um, and like mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it's hard to verify how, how right any of this stuff is. Obviously there's no fucking room. So this is the best thing I can find. And it does look like it's legit, but. It sure
0: does. I mean, oh dear God in heaven. Right okay oh by the way guys this is holmes
1: yes actually that's him next to um something i'm going to talk about later but um yeah so he's on the right and on the left is a composite sketch of um another famous person but we'll talk about them later it looks like um
0: this guy kind of look look, listen i love freddie mercury but this kind of guy kind of (laughs) looks like freddie mercury (laughs) But it's just a much higher
1: forehead. <laughs> right. um, so talking about the hotel again, the hotel was named the World's Fair Hotel. Um, just so you know what to avoid. Uh, for his castle, um, okay, so the home's plan for the first door, as you can tell in the picture, um, the, like we said, there were three floors. So the first floor um, was an entire block, a city block of storefronts um, that he rented out to all the new businesses coming into the city. Cool. Okay. The third floor were the apartments for new residents, you know, looking to make it big in the city. Um, but most likely those unsuspecting residents, uh, would eventually become his victims. So those victims, they got to see the second floor, which is the one we had pulled up just a minute ago. That was full of the asphyxiation chambers, mazes, and hidden stairs. The blind and, room, I gotta know what that yeah. was. I don't fucking know, but it's crazy so but that's why it's so nuts, right? like there's so much speculation about what was really in there and what wasn't um but you know, in the basement, um that's what that's where everybody would end up Ew. yeah, so a year after the castle's completion, the World's Fair opened in Chicago. Um, Holmes used the increase in tourism uh, to his his advantage by advertising lodging vacancies and employment openings as a ruse to lure in victims. Uh, The hustle and bustle of the fair and the subsequent influx of -of out-of-towners provided Holmes with a steady supply of victims. Um, Mm. So the home was completed in 1882. So then a year later, he's got all these people coming in. Um, But by 1894, Police would be exploring its winding passages while Holmes sat behind bars. That didn't last long. No, it sure didn't. (laughs) Um, At first authorities were were confused by what they found. There were hinged walls and false partitions. The five room, one room had like five doors. Others had none. Secret airless chambers were found underneath floorboards and iron plate lined walls appeared to stifle all sound.
0: Jeez, iron. Wow, okay.
1: Okay, so in his own apartment, it had a trapdoor in the bathroom, which opened to reveal a staircase that led to a windowless cubicle. In the cubicle, there was allegedly a large chute that tunneled through to the basement. Um, and it wasn't used for dirty laundry. <laughs> from So, from his own personal. Right, room. there's a trapdoor that dropped down to like um, another, like a windowless room. And then. From there that would like and there was a large shoot so even from his own apartment
0: jesus christ
1: so one notable room was lined with gas fixtures um holmes would apparently seal his victims in flip a switch in an adjacent room and wait for the horror to unfold yeah and there was another shoot nearby that um all of the doors and some of the steps were connected to an intricate alarm system as well whenever someone stepped into the hall or headed downstairs a buzzer sounded in his bedroom um, and it should be noted that these descriptions have been met with some skepticism by historians, especially in recent years. But so some of these designs may have been exaggerated mm-hmm. or even invented by the newspapers of the era. But we do know for sure he had the shoots and you know. Ladders. He's a crazy fucker. Yeah, all right, shoots and ladders. <laughs> We're finding the origination <laughs> of so many things in this story. <laughs> So the first clue about the bizarre floor plan's true purpose came to the cops and a pile of bones. Most of the bones were from animals, but some of them were human. They were so small that they almost certainly belonged to a child, one who was no more than six or seven years old. Fuck. Now keep in mind during this time he has been he's been, you know, going after mostly single women, some single women with children, um, that later disappeared. There's um you know, he's basically on his killing spree. Right. Were there widows that he had also taken advantage of? I, I believe so. Yeah. Basically any woman who could be by themselves that maybe had money. Yeah. He went after every, there's so many. That's the part, That's, this is where we end to like, okay, we're going to kind of gloss over who may or may not have been his victim. And,
0: sure. You know, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. So it, when authorities descended into the cellar, the scope of the building's hidden horrors uh, was revealed. Uh, beside a blood-soaked operating table, they found a woman. They found women's clothes. Another surgical surface was nearby, along with a crematory, an array of medical tools, a bizarre torture device, and shelves of disintegrating acids. Oh goddamn! Right. So again, there's no way to know how many people he killed in there. Um, Holmes' fascination with dead bodies had apparently lasted long past college, as as had his surgical skills. Um, After dropping the victims down through the chutes, he reportedly dissected them, cleaned them, and then sold the organs or skeletons to medical institutions around the black market. So, during his short two years in the castle, Holmes hired more than 150 women to work as his stenographers. A few of them were known to be his mistresses as well. I'm sorry, Um, 150 stenographers? Yeah. So, he he would hire a lot of women to work for him, And then they would become his mistresses. He would kill a lot of them. Like, yeah. Hmm. Kind of creepy, right?
0: Oh, my God. Huh. I I hear the scratching behind me. It's I didn't even know Leia was in here. (laughs) She's trying to get comfy on the couch. And I'm like, what the hell is that noise? Oh, Missy Moo Moo. Hi, sweet baby. Okay, sorry, go on i was actually a little creeped so the- out <laughs> by the sound because i'm like, <laughs> like i hear, oh,
1: the- shit. I hear behind the painting the body scratching on the wall yeah that's funny <laughs> um so after the fair ended, Holmes and his close associate benjamin peitzel um, they left chicago to commit insurance fraud across the country uh, this ended in holmes's 1894 arrest for attempting to swindle a st louis pharmacy and while he was incarcerated, he met fellow criminal, Marion Hedgepeth. The two conspired to create an insurance scam by fabricating Peitzel's death. Holmes then decided it was easier to simply kill Peitzel and his family, um, which had two young children, while also cutting out his co-conspirator. So these decisions resulted in a $10,000 life insurance payout, which we know is a shit ton of money. Yes. Um, However, when Hedgepeth read of Peitzel's death, he was mad that he got cut out. And so he alerted the authorities to Holmes, which forced Holmes on the run. (laughs) So in November of 1884, Holmes was arrested by the Pinkerton Detective Agency in Boston. Ah, yes. He was charged with conspiracy to cheat and defraud the the Fidelity Mutual Life Insurance Company. And he was sent to prison in Philly. Uh, Mm -hmm. Upon his... Capture and the subsequent discovery of his house of horror, Newspapers gave Holmes the moniker of Arch Fiend, The Devil Incarnate, Monster of 63rd Street, and The Torture Doctor. I like Um, the Arch Fiend. Yeah, that's a good one. In addition, Holmes earned the label of Bluebeard for his habit of luring in and taking advantage of multiple women. um, Most of which um, he ended up killing. (sighs) so <laughs> he wasn't fun to hang out with dear God. in 1895 yeah holmes was tried and convicted for the Peitzel murders which included three of Peitzel's children uh during his tri- trial holmes officially confessed to 27 murders but later told his lawyer that he had actually killed 133 people so just to clarify he was actually only convicted of the 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 when benjamin he... peitzel murder yeah
0: oh so, wait a minute oh so um, he was only the... convicted
1: of the one the one murder but he yeah, told that's he confessed needed. to 27. yeah and then told his lawyers it was actually more like 133. um mm. yeah these claims g- gained credibility after the chicago police allegedly discovered the gruesome remains of more than 100 dead bodies all scattered throughout the murder castle jesus christ now is that true or not we don't know though he boasted of committing at least 27 murders. Like I said, he gave three different confessions while in prison, all with different numbers.
0: So oh, jeez, he's like that yeah, Ronald DeFeo guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Amityville. I killed
1: seven. I killed 103. I killed nine.
0: Whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. It was a. It was an evil pig named. What was
1: Jody? <laughs> right. <laughs> So, the true amount of victims I mean, it's impossible to figure out because you know he had he could disintegrate the leftover body parts in acid um or he could burn them in his human sized stove Jesus, <laughs> yeah, and one pile of ashes investigators found a small gold chain from a woman's shoe, like, well, so clothes and
0: everything he was just,
1: yeah, it was just like a chain from her shoe, yeah this Torch is like it shit all around, mm. wow, okay, all right. So Holmes was hung at uh, Maya Mensing Prison on May seventh, 1896. Uh, he was reportedly calm in the moments prior to his hanging, seemingly unconcerned about his imminent demise. Uh, ironically, Holmes took precautions to prevent the dismemberment of his own body. According um, to his will, his casket was to be filled with cement and put in a grave with an additional two feet of cement, which we know they did because yes. they exempt him. Yes. So between Holmes' arrest and conviction for the Peitzel murders, the castle was mysteriously destroyed by fire. The fire may have been intentionally set by neighbors to keep the building from becoming a tourist attraction. They
0: were big on that kind of shit back then. Mm -hmm. Hey, oh, a bunch of horrific murders. Let's go in and take a look. And the cops are like, that's okay. Come on in. Right. Dude, look in there. (laughs) (laughs) You want to see some really fucked up shit. Check right. out the blind room. There's nothing but eyeballs all over the floor. <laughs> right. Fucking crazy <laughs> shit.
1: So, um, as I mentioned in the Jack the Ripper episode, and we will definitely discuss more in part two with Jeff Mudgett, um, AJ Holmes is also a suspect in the Jack the Ripper murders. So just a little touch of the reasons why people believe that it was Holmes. Um, There was a handwriting analysis um, that Jeff says Proof Holmes and Jack the Ripper were actually the same person. He explored that evidence in his 2011 book, Bloodstains, and the 2017 History Channel documentary series, American Ripper. Which is excellent. Everybody should watch Mm -hmm. it. So, um, in the composite sketch, bears a striking resemblance. If you want to pull that back up. Yeah. So, to the left, for those of you on YouTube or when you pull it up on our social media... The left is the Jack the Ripper composite sketch, and to the right is a picture of A.J. Holmes.
0: Uh, he looks... The real guy looks so unassuming. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't look like a uh,
1: man that you would be afraid of. Right. So Ripper, you know, people have always said that he was probably American because of the vernacular in the Dear John letter. Um, He does have, obviously, doctor skills. He loves to cut things up. He likes organs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um his paper trail suddenly stops during the murders. All those schemes and frauds that he was doing, all the defrauding of insurance companies and right blah, blah, blah. it stops and then starts again um after the last murder. Um they do find his what, some of his aliases, although he did have like forty on some shipping manifests. Um That's
0: although right. we can't
1: really prove that he was in London. There's there's some good uh, mm-hmm. some you know what do you call it senses. yeah yeah yeah. so yeah so we're gonna talk about all of that and more um, on next episode with Jeff Mudgett his great great grandson yes he, and star of that series um, so through all that I have a fun fact are you ready because I know how much you love fun facts
0: I do I'm so ready go
1: okay go okay okay so another, there's a famous person that, um, is also related to H. H. Holmes and you're going to love it. Wait. Do you know who, do you know who it is? Is it Meghan Markle? Yes. It's Meghan Markle. Oh, darn. You do. Oh my God.
0: I, you know what? That's crazy that Laura, because I literally just read this
1: mm-hmm. this week. Yeah. So, um, I don't, I just came across it in my Research and I thought. I I don't exactly know how though. Do you? So how how is she? They just share a common ancestor. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably
0: that is so crazy. Mm -hmm. Huh? So
1: he's so Jeff is related to her too. What if he knows that? He does. Does he know that? comment. Yeah, yeah. I think it's you know probably
0: cousins of cousins of cousins. Oh, I'm sure. Like sub eleventh cousins. Four times removed yeah. or some kind of bullshit. Yeah, but it's still entertaining nonetheless. I'm so sorry. I, the minute you said no, that, I'm I was like, "You knew." That's but fine. I okay. just read it this week. That's <laughs> crazy. That that happens to be your fun fact. Where did I
1: read that?
0: I can't remember.
1: But yes, very interesting, and yeah, Holmes is fascinating, and there are just layers and layers and layers of, of stuff. Um I mean. The murder castle is one thing and that's obviously what he's known for and it's fascinating mm-hmm. because it's fucking just bananas um and then all the women that you know he took advantage of and defrauded and murdered and yeah it was
0: because a big it was a it was big doings back in those days to file fraudulent life insurance claims like mm-hmm. like the story that i told you about michael malloy That guy Uh that just wouldn't die, and they were like, we're going to kill him and have him drink himself to death. These motherfuckers are the reason why it is difficult to get your life insurance license now because there are so many laws (laughs) (laughs) about how to spot
1: (laughs) people who are trying to commit insurance fraud. (laughs) Yeah, fuckers. (laughs) so much insurance fraud i mean that still happens today but not i mean he made it that's how he made his fortunes and also what like he just went through money like nobody's business he had to be well i wonder how much and i know he like wanted to come out he wanted to come off as affluent and that's part of how he got all these women yeah you know he's rich and he's handsome i guess for the time and um
0: yeah, I mean and if, if and sociopaths are so charming, right? Mm-hmm. They can be whatever personality type that the person that they're manipulating needs them to be to gain their yes. trust so that they can so I mean they're chameleons, really. Mm-hmm. Um I am one of those people a hundred thousand percent that thinks that Holmes was the ripper. I think it's I think he was.
1: Like I think it's totally, totally viable. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Because yep. there's just a lot of circumstantial evidence. They don't really have a lot of, I mean, there are other suspects and stuff, but
0: there yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. But I think one of the, um, I think if it's not Holmes, it was at least an American because mm-hmm. that boss letter. Yeah. The boss, dear boss that, letter. Yeah. Dear boss letter. That is something that was American English. That wasn't something that, that, that british english didn't use that the other thing that i thought was the linguistics the forensic linguistics that he had um them take a look at the the letter that was sent to the paper or wherever the police or wherever it was sent where it said like i um won't stop Mm -hmm. and that's a very that was american english wording where british english would have said i won't quit Mm-hmm. That and instead of right away, like we're going to take care of this right away, that's American English as well. Instead of the British would have said straight away. So little things like that in the letter, um, I was like, hey, listen, so it, I, if it's not Holmes, I think it's for sure an American.
1: But yeah, I, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah, I think that.
0: Too. Yeah. I mean, I guess the physical description of Jack the Ripper, you know, uh, mm bowler hats and big bushy mustache that was just a fashion that was a fashion trend you -hmm. know here and in london and you know so that's kind of makes it difficult because like i kind of feel like a lot of guys look like him
1: right you know what i mean i agree but yeah but but he does fit that look right i mean there's a lot of things that you know yeah of course it's all circumstantial but they do kind of line up so for sure um great job I love
0: I love I know you've been wanting to do this for a long time Um, and then we we reached out to uh, Jeff and asked him you know explain who we are and what we do and um, did he want to be on the show and the minute he said yes I was like Laura, go, you're up. We're doing it. (laughs) We're doing it. So, um, yeah, next week, guys, uh, is part one of our two-part interview with Jeff Mudgett. We had a really wonderful time with him. He is a very lovely, lovely man. And um, I think he might be, um, he has done so much research on this Ever since he found out that he was descended from H.H. Holmes, um, that he's probably one of the leading experts on Holmes, just right up there with historians and things like that. Um, Simply because, of course, it was like a passion project for him, which is awful given that, you know, nobody wants to, you know, find out you're related to somebody famous, but not like this. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But I do find it super interesting like all the stuff that you know he went and researched and all of that so it gives him like you know mm-hmm. a lot of insights into who he was and you know, or at least to me mm-hmm. it really does i don't know as i would
0: want to know I, I i don't know as i would have ever done i would i don't know as i would have
1: done it yeah. done
0: anything like he's done teach
1: homes though just by himself i mean okay the murder castle is fucking nuts and i could literally just talk about the murder castle for seven years um i'm so like just like what <laughs> what? <laughs> what yeah for
0: sure um
1: and it it like the only thing that sucks is like not being able to know more of what happened in there because he but he was so smart and he got you know like he really thought of everything yeah. Like how to get rid of the bodies, how to get rid of evidence, you know. Well, and a you smart know, art guy. Well, and you have to
0: wonder what that. Um, what was his father putting on rags? Kerosene. Kerosene. You have like to wonder what that gas stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What it did
1: to his brain. What it did to his brain? Yeah. I mean, depending on how old he was. Um, it sounds like something as that did to get them just basically stop crying. So you would think young. <sighs>
0: yeah well that's what I was thinking yeah like um dear god well yeah so this is this is really wonderful we're gonna be doing a lot (laughs) of this is so wonderful I just love such a a feel
1: good story such a
0: feel good story um guys we do have um there is a paranormal tie in with it um we're not meandering over into the true crime world um but you know we love to talk about um, we love true crime just as much as we love the paranormal. So when we've got a true crime story that bleeds into the paranormal world, we love it. So we do talk with Jeff um, about the paranormal aspect of HH H. Holmes in the upcoming yeah. episodes and um, I think there I, I think what, what he's got to say is is really interesting and um, I might have, um, giving him a little bit of a surprise the end of next week's episode um, that he that maybe he wasn't entirely expecting, but you'll have to tune in to find out what exactly that was. Uh, in the meantime, yeah. Um, so for the next three weeks, it's all about AJ Holmes, people. Um, and we hope you enjoy it because we've, we've really had a, a great time with all of this. With all of this. So, yeah. That's that on that. That's all I've got. <laughs> all right me too okay, okay. Laura that's all that's no all more, you got no more murder, ca- murder castle stories Stop. no more murder castle stories okay well all right guys Um, we're gonna run uh, and we hope you are having a wonderful weekend we hope you are coming um to Mansfield and Ohio State Reformatory to see us say hi uh, tell us your personal creepy paranormal story and uh, to be entered in for a contest to win uh, the complete set of Andrea Perrin's books House of Darkness House of Light Um, we will be doing that drawing um, next uh, Friday uh, May 26th Um, that's going to be announced the winner is going to be announced on Facebook so um, yeah if you come by and you tell us your story and then tune in because you might be the winner of, of Andrea's books. And they're really great. They are the true story of The Conjuring, which celebrates its 10-year anniversary this year. The Conjuring movie celebrates its 10-year anniversary. And Laura and I will be there at the party. Laura and I are going to be going to uh, Ocean State Paracon in um, Harrisville, Rhode Island, September when? 9, 10, 8, 9, 10, 11 something around there Mm yeah we're going to be vendors at the paracon up there and um yeah special screening of the conjuring 10-year anniversary with andrea Perrin herself we're going to be poking around and introducing ourselves to the ghosts of the harrisville farmhouse so yeah we're we're excited we got a lot of um big 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 stuff that we're um going to be a part of this year and we're very excited for it so it all starts this weekend um we love you and as always uh stay safe out there because you never know who is behind
1: the painting yeah (laughs) man that's creepy so creepy
0: dear god and don't trust a room with no doors and windows that's not good Like, how did you even get there what the fuck
1: A, a little bit like trap It's probably a trapdoor. door. That's
0: yeah. You never, you, I mean, you might be at the Winchester Mystery House. You might be at the murder castle. So just always be aware, guys. Uh, that's our takeaway. And so we're going to go because we've got lots of uh, uh, paranormal goodness to get involved with here at Ohio State Reformatory. And uh, we will see you next week with our um, part one interview with Jeff Mudgett. So bye, guys. We will see you in a week. I just said that, didn't I? Yes. I'm very tired. Right. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. (laughs)